It's not how you start, but how you finish. The Falcons start slow and finish strong in their 24-10 week one win over the Carolina Panthers. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. We're going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So guys, if you don't know me, I'm Aaron Freeman covered the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcons.com RIP. I am your very humble host of this illustrious podcast. You might also know me as serious black because I'm only serious on this podcast. You may also know me as Mr. Drew. My friends call me negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become my friend by becoming an everydayer of this illustrious podcast and follow for free each and every day. Listen, as your first listen, all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. So we are doing our rapid reaction, our first of the 2023 regular season, where I'll give you my biggest takeaways from the game. And the biggest takeaway, of course, is it's not how you start. It's how you finish. You you heard me say that all summer long about this team, this season, and that proved to be true in this week one game. I, I would dare say that the Carolina Panthers outplayed the Falcons for the first three quarters of this game, but the turnovers, three of them, thanks to Jesse Bates, more on that later, uh, resulted in 17 of the Falcons, 24 points. And without that in the ground game success, I don't know if the Falcons win this game. I knew a lot of Falcon fans went into this game, very confident, overconfident. You might even say that they would just kind of roll steamroll the Carolina Panthers. I don't quite know why these divisional games are always tougher than you think. Oh, well, it's like, oh, the Panthers have no receivers. They have a terrible offensive line. They have a rookie quarterback. And it's like, well, several of those things you can kind of scheme around. And we saw Carolina do that to a certain extent uh, with a lot of quick throws, a lot of sort of short intermediate passes, try to get their receivers in space where they can make plays after the catch. Now, that isn't necessarily a formula for scoring 30 points a game, but it was certainly good enough I think if certain things had gone the Panthers way that it could have gotten them 17, 20 points in this game. Um, and so then the question really was, could their defense hold Atlanta and, and get enough stops to make that type of game, a winnable game And through three quarters, I think it was mission accomplished for the Carolina Panthers. This game kind of went exactly how they wanted it to go, but those turnovers proved too much for that team to overcome. And, you know, that style of play that Carolina had to play did not leave for a big margin for error. And, you know, fortunately for the Falcons, uh, because they did whatever it took to get Jesse Bates, they were able to increase their margin for error uh, when it came to, um, you know, winning this football game. And, you know, I think if you had questions about Desmond Ritter going into this game, you probably came out of this game with bigger questions. Because from my eye, I didn't see Desmond Ritter play particularly well in this game. It was pretty clear midway through this game that Arthur Smith did not have a lot of confidence in him, given some of the play calls he was doing in the second and third quarters. Uh, and uh, he didn't have a lot of confidence in the pass protection. Uh, Caleb McGarry struggled very early in this game. Uh, Brian Burns was on a man on a mission. He was like, I'm, I'm going to earn this $30 million payday uh, if that's what's coming for me. 
Uh, the Falcons gave up four sacks in this game, two of them to Burns early in this game. And, you know, people had questions about the Carolina Panthers offensive line. I'm sure people now have questions about the Falcons offensive line because I think Carolina's offensive line came out of this game looking a little bit better than Atlanta's did. So I know a lot of people will blame, you know, Ritter's struggles and the passing game struggles on the offensive line as well as Arthur Smith's play calling. But I've seen enough of Arthur Smith's offense. We saw it last year where he was able to scheme around some offensive line deficiencies for over half of last season. And at the end of the day, I think your quarterback has to make some throws. And I don't know if Desmond Ritter uh, really did that until the very end of the game, as we say, not how you start, how you finish. Now, I think fortunately for the Falcons, they were able to sort of navigate Ritter's issues. If you want to call them that, you know, because of the run game, right. They, they, you know, ran for 130 yards in this game. Carolina, by the way, had 154. Um, Great days by Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. We'll talk more about that later uh, when we talk about, you know, some of the standouts of this game. Uh, but let's keep talking about Desmond Ritter, right? He's the quarterback. You know, he's the guy that's going to get most of the attention. Um, you know, I'm sure my comments are already aflame <laughs> as we speak for, you know, people basically saying Ritter sucks and needs to be benched and we need to start Taylor Heineke next week, as well as other people saying, you know, Again, making those excuses, saying, well, it's the offensive line, it's the play calling, it's all that fault. Ritter has, you know, did nothing wrong, all that sort of stuff. Now, I will wait to to pass full judgment until I get to watch the All-22 Tuesday afternoon, um, you know, before, and we'll break that down on, you know, Tuesday night's episode here on YouTube, here on Lots on Falcons. But at first glance, it did not really impress me, right? He made that big-time throw to Kyle Pitts late in the game. Uh, which was needed. We needed that at the time. And so, you know, again, not how you start, how you finish. But outside of that, pretty lackluster performance for the Falcons starting quarterback. Uh, again, not going to panic, not going to judge him too harshly over a quote-unquote lackluster week one game. It's one game. It's, again, it's going to sound like a cliche by the end of this episode. It's not how you start. It's not It's not how you start. It's how you what finish, right? Like, you know, I thought, you know, if you thought – four games of Ritter going into his fifth game this week that he was going to be the super polished superstar quarterback. That to me is less of a Desmond Ritter issue than that is a you issue. Like I think you have to go back and look at yourself in the mirror. Like why did I think a player that's only played five games would look like a player that's played 50 games in the league. Right. Um, And so, as I've said all summer long, we're not going to do a referendum on Desmond Ritter after one game. We'll wait and see, you know, after he's played 17 games before we do a referendum on him to pass judgment on where he is as a quarterback, but he's going to have to play better moving forward. Uh, And, you know, I think part of that is due to the quality of competition increasing over the next couple of weeks, the Packers, the lions, the Jaguars, you know, I I don't know if you can expect the Falcons defense to hold those teams to 10 points and win that game. Um, Nor am I convinced that those teams quarterbacks are going to gift wrap you two interceptions in the ways that Bryce young did on this past summer. But, you know, I know some of you guys were like, what is Aaron on, you know, predicting the Falcons to start the season one and three? I'm imagining right now, as you're listening to me and watching this, you probably don't think that prediction that I gave to start this year is as crazy today as it seemed at that time. So I think Ritter's got to play better. But again, no need to panic at this point in time based off of a lackluster week one. Again, it's not how you start. It's how you finish right so hopefully he will start better next week but we are not finished here as we'll give you a quick recap recap of the highs and the lows of this game as well as take a deeper look at some of the standouts 
uh, talking studs and duds in this game. And two studs absolutely were Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, that two-headed monster in the Falcons' backfield. And we'll continue that on today's Locked on Falcons. So we know that success in football is all about putting the right team around your team leader at the quarterback position. And you know that success for your small business is about putting the right team and hiring the right people uh, for your small business. But you don't have to worry about Brian Burns breathing down your neck in order for you to have success. All you got to do is go to LinkedIn jobs, right? And you can quickly attract and hire the qualified candidates by matching with the people with the right skills, values, and experiences that are going to help you achieve your goals, right? So you can put your free job posts in minutes and over in front of over 800 million member profiles to find the most qualified candidates with LinkedIn jobs. It's easy to screen and rate applicants based off of their job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So for those of you that need a quick refresher on the game and a quick recap on the game, we'll go through the highs and lows of the game. And it started out low for the Falcons with a three and out uh, to start the game. And then Carolina came back, moved the ball successfully all the way down deep into the Falcons territory. But the Falcons even stepped up, got a critical stop on fourth and one. And that was a key part of the Falcons success uh, with their ability to get stops in the red zone. While Carolina was not as successful doing that, Falcons were three for three in the red zone conversions. Carolina finished one for two. Uh, then Brian Burns continued to wreak havoc on the Falcons second possession, got his second sack on as many possessions, blowing up a third down play. But we did see Tyler Algier get going earlier on that drive, gaining 45 yards on his first three carries. But the Falcons pounded the ball back to the Carolina and then Jesse Bates showed up picking off. Bryce Young setting up the Falcons for their first red zone trip. And then Ritter hit Bijan on a swing pass. He broke three tackles for an 11-yard score. Give Atlanta a 7-0 lead on the first play of the second quarter. It was a pretty back-and-forth quiet second quarter for both teams. Carolina did score uh, on a nice drive from Bryce Young, connecting, uh, completing a couple of third-down conversions to Hayden Hurst and Jonathan Mingo. And Hayden Hurst's revenge game continued with him uh, finishing that drive with a four-yard score, beating Richie Grant on a pick route to tie the game 7-7. Then in the second half, you know, Carolina was able to go down the field, get a three points on a nine play drive, uh, finished with a 43 yard field goal from Eddie Pinheiro, pushed the lead to 10 to seven, another Falcons three and out. That was followed by a Bates interception, his second of the day on a similar play where he was able to jump an in breaker or red Bryce Young's eyes from the start of that play. And then on the ensuing drive, that's where. We're talking about Arthur Smith not showing a lot of confidence in Desmond Ritter, where it was a third and five, and they just kind of handed the ball off, settled for a long field goal. Young Waku thankfully hit a 49-yarder to tie the game 10-10 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, then Bates got his hat trick uh, with the third turnover, punching the ball out on a run from Miles Sanders. The Falcons were able to take over around midfield. Then you finally start to see Ritter you know, get into a little bit more of a rhythm with a couple of completions uh, towards the end of the third quarter. You had a big 21-yard run by Bijan Robinson to set up a three-yard score from Tyler Algier to punch it in uh, and give the Falcons a 17-10 lead to start the fourth quarter. Both teams kind of exchanged punts, and then the Falcons got their final score thanks to a 34-yard bomb from Desmond Ritter to Kyle Pitts. Pitts made a great catch on a less than spectacular throw. Ritter looked like he might have thrown in a double coverage, but he kind of put the ball in the spot where Pitts could go to 
basically climb over the defender and, and make the catch. Uh, and that set up a Tyler Algier second three yard touchdown of the day with less than five minutes ago in Carolina. Uh, wasn't able to do much on their final two possessions. The Falcons pass rush kind of finally showed up at that point. They got two sacks on those two drives and got some steady pressure thanks to some of their blitzes. And the Falcons were able to walk away with a win. So as I clearly illustrated in that recap, Jesse Bates was an obvious stud in this game. He's absolutely the MVP of week one, uh, worth every penny that the Falcons spent this offseason. Um, I don't know if the Falcons win this game without him making those timely turnovers when he did and setting up uh, multiple scores for the Falcons, given how stagnant the offense looked. Uh, but the offense wasn't stagnant because of the running backs, right? That two-headed monster of a backfield that we've been hyping up and gassing up for the last several months looked like a two-headed monster. Algier uh, Robinson were also studs of this game. Tyler Algier led the team with 75 rushing yards on 15 carries. He got the brunt of the carries late in the game to sort of close out the game, you know, being utilized in that grinder uh, sort of uh, role that we talked about, you know, for the last year plus that he's very good at. Uh, Bijan Robinson finished with 56 yards rushing on 10 carries. Bijan did lead the team with six receptions for 27 yards. Tyler Algier had three catches for 19 yards. Um, so if you're wondering what the touches look like, it was 16 for Robinson with a score, 18 for Algier with two scores. And so, you know, if only someone had told you, you know, this summer that like Algier was not going to be this forgotten guy in the offense as, you know, the fantasy Folks are probably going through it right now with uh, Drake London, uh, Goose Egg, and the Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts at least did make that one play to not get a complete Goose Egg in this game. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I did not start Tyler here on my fantasy team today. I was waiting to – I was, like, waiting to see exactly what his role was, and this would, would have been the week to, to start him. Um, another stud, Bradley Pinion, right, because the Falcons were basically playing the field position battle for most of this game, and I thought their punting was on point to allow them to play that – that game effectively. Now, when we talk about duds in this game, right? Kayla McGarry's one, Drake London's another one, zero catches, one target, one drop. Uh, Bud Dupree's probably another one, right? He did get some pressure late on some schemed up stunts and twists and whatnot and some late blitzes. But if you thought Iki Aquanu's preseason struggles were going to continue in a regular season, like, uh, you know, I, I hate to break it to you. Kayvon Thibodeau's not walking through that door. Jermaine Johnson's not walking through that. That's Bud Dupree. So, uh, a little disappointed for Bud Dupree, but I didn't go into this game um, expecting him to to really do much in this game. But um, you know, I gotta throw my Bud Dupree slander. I gotta, you know, if I can't, I can't hate on Mac Collins, right? Mac Collins had a, a solid day, uh, but uh, you know, I gotta find somebody else. <laughs> it's gonna be Bud Dupree. So um, we will wrap up today's episode with sort of my final takeaways, talking about why this win matters, why it's important that the Falcons, even if you consider this an ugly win, why it's important that they came away with a win. And we'll get into that to wrap up today's Lockdown Falcons. So the NFL season has already kicked off and you should start your season with the incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And now of course is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. It's safe and you get payouts instantly and you can use those bonus bets or those initial bets on anything from the spreads to player props and more. The Falcons of course did cover the three and a half point spread on uh, this Sunday. So the Falcons being very good against the spread 
continues into 2023 after a very good year in 2022. So take advantage of the Falcons' ability to win you money by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. That's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So, guys, my um, before we get into my final takeaways of the season, I do want to plug uh, not only the, you know, give a shout out to the everydayers here that check out this podcast each and every day, but, you know, another way that the everydayers can uh, experience this illustrious show is by uh, joining the subtext, right? This is a new feature that we're offering this year where you'll basically be able to text back and forth with me. Um, you know, you'll get pregame, postgame uh, analysis. You'll get in-game analysis. Uh, I don't plan on spending too much time on Twitter this year in part due to the ongoing civil war that makes that uh, discourse or at least good discourse on Twitter pretty much non-existent, um, which I'm sure, you know, as it is in the comments right now, uh, it is probably also raging on Twitter throughout the day. So in addition to this podcast, Discord, uh, you know, that's another way for you to get insight from me daily. Um, and, you know, if you don't want to wait, you know, the couple of hours that it takes when news happens to get my instant analysis, the subtext is the way to go. So check us out. It's $4.99 a month. You get a two-week free trial if you sign up. Uh, so click the link in the description if you want to try that out. So um, when we talk about final takeaways of the game, we'll see what the film says, right? I didn't want to put Desmond Ritter as a dud because I, I don't think it's fair to judge a quarterback until you see the all 22. Uh, and we'll see sort of who else stands out as far as studs and duds. You know, Parker Hesse had the greatest horse collar tackle of all time, right? <laughs> the most uh, advantageous horse collar tackle I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, I don't know if the officials got that call right. It didn't seem like they did, but hey, we'll take what we can get, right? So, you know, I think when I do go back and watch the film from Desmond Ritter, it'll be probably an up and down performance, right? You know, and we'll be battling all year long over that, you know, as so many people want to instead of, honestly evaluating the quarterback they they're more interested in winning an argument um but here on this podcast you know we'll talk about both the good we'll talk about the bad when it comes to the falcons quarterback uh, you know again watching it live didn't see a ton of good outside of that one throw to pits um we'll see if it's the play calling or the offensive line that was really preventing the good from showing out or you know it was other things uh, including the quarterback's decision making. So again, that's something we won't really be able to determine until we watch the film on Tuesday. But you know, as pretentious as it often sounds to you guys, uh, you know, again, the only agenda I have here is truth. So you know, if you want to have your civil war about the quarterback in the comments, I'm not going to stop you. You know, I'm not going to pull Julian Council of Locked On Panthers and not read them. But you know, we'll see. But I would just say before you get too up in arms, whether you're pro anti Ritter or whatever, um, pro anti locked on Falcons, how, how dare you? Uh, I would just say relax, right? You know, it's, it's 16 more of these games to go, right? You know, I want to give a shout out to the discord, but I, I did note a couple of you guys uh, during the game that were ready to fire Arthur Smith and, and Ryan Nielsen, as well as trade Desmond Ritter at halftime. And I'm just like, it's going to be tough going through that emotional roller coaster each and every week. So, couldn't be me, but you know, <laughs> hey, you guys do you. So um, we'll end on a positive note, though. Um, I think even if it wasn't the prettiest win, a win is a win, as they say, right? You, you got to walk away with this W in week one. Um, you know, figured it was going to be tougher than a lot of people thought it would be to, to come up with a win against a divisional opponent that I think is, you know, I think 
Maybe some people came away thinking the Falcons weren't as good as they thought they would be going into the season. And the Panthers are maybe a little bit better. You know, again, that depends on your expectations. But this game, for the most part, kind of went for the most part the way I thought it would go. But again, it was important for the Falcons, even if it wasn't going to be pretty. I didn't think it was uh, for them to walk away with a win. Um, And so that was one of the things we talked about with Jarvis Davis of uh, Locked On uh, Sports Atlanta earlier this week talking about is this a must-win game right not in the must-win sense that we often use it later in the season where it's like the season's over if you lose or something like that but you you really needed this win right if your goal is to win the nfc south you need to win get these divisional wins you know especially at home against a weekend carolina team right that the team that you're going to face in december later this season is probably going to be stronger because their quarterback won't be getting his first start. They'll probably be healthier at the wide receiver position, or they will have made adjustments to figure out sort of what their offensive identity is going to be, even if their wide receiver core isn't great. And it probably still won't be great by the end of the season. So again, it was important that the Falcons did get a win because not to say this was going to be an easy win, but this is going to be one of the easier wins that they're going to have in this early, you know, in this quote unquote first quarter of the season, the first four games of the season again, you're at home next week against the Packers. You're on the road against the uh, Lions. And then you have to go across the pond to uh, London to to play the Jaguars. So those are going to be tougher matchups because I think all three of those teams are better football teams than the Carolina Panthers. And the circumstances are going to be a lot harder. So it was going to be tough if the Falcons, you know, didn't find a way to come out with a victory in this game. So. I, I think that was important. So uh, even if it wasn't the prettiest win, you know, again, a win is a win. And as I've said a million times already on today's podcast, and I'm sure you'll hear a million times more, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Um, Sorry, I am get distracted. I just watched Aaron Jones uh, split the Bears defense and score a touchdown uh, as we ride, although he pulled up a little lame. So, you know, Green Bay's already put 23 points up. Uh, midway through the third quarter against the Chicago Bears. So, again, I, I don't think you can expect your defense to score, uh, you know, to, to limit them to just 10 points, um, you know, going into next week. So we'll see what the Falcons do next week to improve better. Of course, always appreciate all your feedback uh, in the comments, even when you're arguing about, you know, who's a pro or anti-Ritter guy. Um, you know, always appreciate your feedback in the discord as well. Link in the description below. If you are interested in trying out the subtext to, to see what it's like to text me on a daily basis, then go hit that link in the, uh, description below as well. And of course you can always provide your feedback via email at locked at mail.com. So guys, that is it. That's it for our first rapid reaction. We'll be back with more, uh, breakdown and analysis, of this game. We'll see if we can get a guest. I know we were supposed to have Scott bear on to preview the season last week. Unfortunately, schedules did not allow. We'll see if I can, you know, if he can make it up to me for letting me down for flaking on me uh, by joining me on tomorrow's episode. We'll see if not him, then we'll find somebody else that can do that. And then of course, later this week, we'll give you all that insight into the all 22 um, on Tuesday evening on YouTube. And of course, Wednesday on your preferred audio podcast platforms. So continue to make this illustrious podcast your first listen. And for your second listen, if you want to get that insight into what the other 30, 30, right? You know, I mean, I guess you can go 31 if you, if you're really interested in 
what Julian Council has to say on Locked On Panthers, but the other 30 NFL teams, why not check out the Locked On NFL podcast, uh, giving you the recap of the biggest stories from the opening weekend of the season uh, on Monday night. So uh, that's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, guys. And your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.